song is playing i can hear it hello hello and welcome to entertain this a podcast about movies tv shows and video games i'm tom with me i have hayden and tom <gasps> there's two but see imposter you're, you're talking so I, we can't do the tom and mitch thing you know there can be only one there can be only one tom one tom to rule them all yeah yeah yeah, yeah. anywho <laughs> mitch why don't you go ahead and talk about our social media real quick? Well, if you're still listening and you haven't <laughs> gone to entertainthispodcast.com, you should. It'll take you to all our social media stuff. It'll take you to the Facebook group. It'll take you to the, the Facebook page. It'll take you to our Twitter and Instagram. And I think we also have, well, I know my Twitch is on there. We're still working on getting y'all's put on there. Somehow figuring that out. Yeah. We're working but, uh, on it. We, got to we actually had two viewers last night when we were playing Trivial Pursuit. They were going, look at these idiots. <laughs> look at this dumbass. <laughs> they know very specific information about samurais. But <laughs> samurai God forbid ninja. they know anything about anything else. Can't we knew a lot about samurai, ninja, the rock, and Hulk Hogan. <laughs> can't figure out the capital of Canada or anything like that. But, you know. No, no, no. Well, thank you, Mitch, uh-huh. for plugging these items. So if you listen to the last episode, we... Did a weird punishment where each one of us just chose somebody, and Hayden got the double whammy. I did. I got away scot-free. Which is balderdash. <laughs> so I had to watch the Soviet Union Lord of the Rings, which was so graciously bestowed upon me by Hayden. <laughs> You're welcome. And I, I almost developed a drinking problem <laughs> watching this. So I'm just going to go ahead and talk about this. This was made in 1991. Mm-hmm. This was made less than, just about less than 10 years before the Fellowship of the Ring. It looked by, rather by old. <laughs> I thought it was from like 1974. And in a little bit of research, this is totally accurate. This is the movie that collapsed the Soviet Union. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. They sank all their remaining ruples, <laughs> and their ruples into... This production, the Rupel's photo, and it was so bad they buried it and hid it away, and it collapsed an entire country. That's yeah. how bad of a movie they made. There's no facts about how much money they spent, how much it made. It was shown on like Soviet TV. They don't and, want that information getting out. Yes, this was the final hammer and sickle stroke mm-hmm. that ended the Soviet Russia. So you're saying there's a reason that Russia doesn't put out a whole lot of production companies? Yes, I'm pretty sure these dudes were like whisked away to Siberia and shot. <laughs> and if, the, if that's actually actually accurate, I would be not entirely shocked, but kind of happy about it because well, they deserve it. So it wasn't the best movie ever. No, I can't. This was like, well, describe. I talked to you on the phone and told you the plot of Lord of the Rings. I left some stuff out. You forgot most of what I told you, and then you had a nightmare about it. <laughs> That's what they made. And the whole thing, the outer edges of the frames are like out of focus. <laughs> it is the stupidest crap in like the set designs. There isn't any. It's all a dream. It, it must. It was an acid trip. There was a comment. <laughs> Some guys like, finally, like this is what an acid trip is like without actually having to take acid. Like these guys have captured it on film. So I'm watching it. 
And it starts, if I didn't actually know about the plot of Lord of the Rings, I would have been so lost. <laughs> like nothing they were doing made sense. And it starts like they're having like, I guess, Bilbo's 111th birthday party. And he's dressed up like a mayor of a town in like 1755. <laughs> and then you got Frodo who's like banging sticks together, jumping up and down like a moron with a red wig mullet, <laughs> just clapping his hands like a freaking otter, <laughs> like an idiot. And he's dressed up like Peter Pan. And then Gandalf shows up. And Gandalf's like a foot taller than everybody else. Not than that, Hobbits. Not that much taller. <laughs> and he comes like waltzing in like out of the smoke like like with swagger. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm Gandalf. And like Gandalf in his fireworks, he grabs his like cape, f- f- flashes everybody there. Mm-hmm. And they just show like a drawn picture of fireworks. <laughs> not even a good say, How one. do they do the magic? <laughs> There isn't any magic. <laughs> I don't even know if they did magic. And, like, there's characters that are not even in it. Like, Gimli, not in it. There was a dude dressed up as the devil who, for some reason, they have, like, a map on his back. And, like, they're all standing around him reading it while he's, like, crouched on the ground. <laughs> and he's got, like, a red cape on. He's got like, a little red, like, devil hat thing without the horns. And I'm just like, who's this? <laughs> what is the, he doing? He's the Balrog. Oh, then they show this is one of my favorite bits of special effects. This is probably the greatest special effects I've ever seen in my life. Where they show how Gollum got the ring. Mm-hmm. And the he's fishing with Deagle. Deagle falls in the lake. And he doesn't fall in the lake. They show him from the waist up, you know, from the left side of the screen into center, pretending he's swimming with a fish tank superimposed behind him. <laughs> it's like some blues glue. And he's just like, effect. oh yeah, <laughs> underwater. <laughs> And then when he goes to get it, they just filmed a hand going into a fish tank <laughs> with like a dirty tank. And he just like scrambles around for a minute and pulls out a ring. And then Gollum puts on the ring after he chokes out what's his face, uh, Deagle. And he turns into like a lettuce monster. He looks like one of the Cybermen from Dragon Ball Z. He has actual like cabbage and lettuce on the sides of his freaking head. And he like puts it on. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like takes it off. He's invisible. He's like, yeah. There's a lot of random screaming. For this no this was yeah. a middle school production. of this, No, middle schoolers could have did better. A thousand dollars. The three of us could have made a better movie. But so, like with the Hobbit size and everything, the only time they show like any sort of force perspective to make them look small is when they actually show them with Tom Bombadil and Goldberg. Did they finish the, trilo- finish the trilogy of it? No, it's just it's the oh, fellowship. Okay. So they go there, and instead of you know like the Force perspective, like with Lord of the Rings, a lot of it was they had you know different sized tables and stuff, and they filmed them against each other with you know Frodo sitting up front or Gandalf mm. sitting further back, but their eye lines are equal, so it looks like they're looking across at each other, mm. even though they were actually never in a scene with each other. <laughs> and it looks you watch the movies now, and you're like you know you. It's easy to see, like, you know, oh, he's obviously bigger than The Hobbit. That makes all the sense in the world. I don't see anything wrong with this. This was they filmed um, Tom Bombadil's parts, put it on a projector, and then the actors were in front of that looking up at him, yeah. <laughs> pretending to talk to him. Like, he looks like a giant. <laughs> and if you read the books, Tom Bombadil's probably, he's taller than a dwarf, but not by much. So he's bigger than Hobbits. He's bigger than a dwarf, but he's not like a the gigantic 12-foot man they make him out to be. <laughs> so they messed that up. Yeah, then they go to the Council of Elrond, and everybody's, like, the same height. Yeah. It is the ridiculous, most ridiculous crap. Oh, Gandalf using that, his staff. Let me tell you about that. It's a torch. <laughs> and he's standing there holding it out like it's, like, trying to fight him. Like, he's holding a snake. And he's like, <laughs> wow, yeah. Ugh. And he's just waving it around. There's, like, guys dressed up as barbarians with, like, a little bit of face paint. I'm assuming they're supposed to be orcs. Yeah. 
and they're they're there like swarming around him like ah you know swinging like swords like not even close and he's just like shaking his freaking torch at him and then there's back crap happening that in like the background i don't even know what that's supposed to be <laughs> they don't even show the balrog they escape with like keanu reeves with a scar aragorn <laughs> who looks like he's stoned out of his mind and this is like his trippy dream yeah. that he's having and they're like where's gandalf I'm assuming that's what he said because it's in Russian. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, no, Gandalf, he must have died. That's it. Like, Gandalf's done. That's it. Good. That's it. Totally over. Or when uh, you saw the bit where uh, Frodo fights the ring rates, yeah. where he pulls out a kitchen knife and, like, goes to stab at him. <laughs> a guy on a horse. And he's not even close. Yeah. And then, like, the, the ring rates are cussed to him. And they're just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like Bad guy noises. And he stabs him with a rapier, but doesn't stab him. He just goes behind Frodo. Yeah. And Frodo's like, Ugh, and he like slowly falls. And then this like upbeat accordion music happens. <laughs> so if you're going to watch it, it's on YouTube. The first part's 50 minutes. The second part is an hour and like six minutes. Jeez. That's so for this, one movie. This is one movie. <laughs> and I'm, I, so they, they you have to watch it to truly understand the gravity they, of how crappy they, they it was. They didn't get a good enough positive review to make the the two towers. No, it so. collapsed the country. They were busy. They were dealing with putting together the like the Russian Federation, whatever it's called now. That's, was there was there ever like any like out of nowhere like uh, Soviet message about communism or something? I don't know. I didn't. I don't speak Russian. Were, did the <laughs> did the orcs look like Americans or something like that? No, that, they looked like a. Uh, some like cosplaying rock band. All these John F. Kennedy lunatic. looking dudes just come out and get killed by, <laughs> by very strong Soviet looking people. people very Air strong. Gorn, yeah, or Air Gorn start riding in instead of his like cloak or whatever he's wearing, mm -hmm. the, the Russian flag on he's his got, back. He's got a bear. Yeah. He's just riding in. Yeah. <laughs> the Russian national anthem starts playing. <laughs> so I'm watching it and I, I sent a clip to you. Mm -hmm. I sent a clip to the both of you where they showed, like, I guess those were orcs. Yeah. Those oh. guys who were like waving in and out in the camera, like <laughs> that. I guess those are bad guys. I'm assuming. I'm guessing. <laughs> like none of the costumes make any sense. There's like zero continuity, like across people, mm -hmm. like of how they should look. <laughs> it's like they just found they stole stuff from a theater that had already lost its business and was now closed, and this was just what was left because it got left behind by the moving guys because <laughs> they didn't realize how there was stuff in it. That's what they took and dressed everybody up in. And it is, there's nothing redeeming about it. Not There's not a damn thing that's redeeming about so it. Not one scene, not even a frame made me go, huh. And then there's the narrator. Yeah. Like this Santa Claus looking young guy so with a beard with a pipe. But it say? cuts to him and like he occasionally reads to you or he's talking, you know, explaining plot points, holding the ring. I'm assuming that's what he's doing because this is all in Russian. Mm -hmm. And then it just cuts to him like staring at you randomly throughout this. Or he's just looking at the camera, and there's like a candle next to him. He's just staring there, like I'm gonna cut off your head and wear it like a hat. <laughs> like that's what this guy's all about. So was this the best punishment? You've yes, had? you you knocked it out of the park because <laughs> you took something he loved and, made and, something and he ruined hated. it. I've ruined, <laughs> ruined it. <laughs> yes. So did you have to watch Lord of the Rings like immediately after? I started watching clips from the trilogy, and I was like, thank God this was made. And it boggles my mind. I'm like, this came out in 1991, the same year as Terminator 2. <laughs> Like the graphics from T two with like you know the the second Terminator yeah. you know with Robert Patrick with all the you know oozy metal stuff it's like that's amazing stuff well that looked really really Terminator good. had James Cameron this had like Yuri von this Lichtenstein. had Sergey <laughs> Sergey <laughs> and Vladimir over here it's just like we're gonna make Lord of the Rings yeah and I'm like please tell me at some point these guys were watching the cut and just was like we we messed up we <laughs> they, did bad they made the whole thing in their basement but this was on TV and apparently like this was like loved. 
in Russia, from what I was it's reading. It's the only thing they were allowed to watch. Yeah. I know. So, it's like, but could you imagine, like, you know, some kid sees this and, like, this is to him, this is Lord of the Rings. This is the best he knows. Soviet Union collapses, whatever. Ten years later, Peter Jackson releases the Fellowship of the Ring. It, it showed in Russia worldwide. Yeah. And he saw that. That kid's brain probably exploded. <laughs> like, Anarchy like, of protest. <laughs> like, he was probably sitting there in the theater looking like he just saw the ring. He's like, ah! <laughs> oh. Like, this kid's mind was blown. So on a scale of 1 to 10. Oh, of how bad it was? Yeah. Oh, this, this is point one. Yeah? This is by the, far the, worst thing, the worst thing I've ever you watched. You wouldn't recommend it to anybody. No, I wouldn't recommend this to anybody. <laughs> I, wouldn't, I don't even, like, want to talk about it. I wonder if uh, Peter Jackson ever watched it. He was like... I'm sure he's I actually it. had a dream about it. <laughs> I did. I had a dream where I was... It's so bad it got in his dreams. It was so bad it made it to my nightmares. No, me and you, Hayden, were arguing about Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. where this was the version that existed. Like, this was the Jackson trilogy. And I was telling you about yeah. Peter Jackson's trilogy and you're like, that's not a real thing. Like, that's not real. And I was oh, getting I so mad <laughs> that you wouldn't believe. And I'm like, I remember I'm like holding the copies of the DVDs and you're like, those are fake. You made that. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. That sound, it was exactly something you would do. <laughs> but one thing I want to do that... We're throwing this out here. If, if you watch a brief two-minute bit of this crap on YouTube, because there's no copyright stuff, we want to do a, re- a full-on watch review where we just rip the movie or you know spoof it. I mean, as, as much as it could be spoofed, because it's already a spoof. Yeah. And put that out there for content. If you're interested, you know, let us know. So yeah, if, if you watch it, go on to entertainthispodcast.com and go to our suggestions and just let us know that you watched and let us know how bad you thought it was, yeah. even if it's just a small part. If, if you can make it However through, much you can stomach. If you can make it through all the way to the end, you get the entertain this badge of approval. Congratulations. <laughs> Congrats to you. So that's that was my punishment. I had two punishments. Yes, you did. I had Manimal and Oogie Loves Balloon Adventure. Which one should I talk about first? Talk about Manimal. All right. Manimal... I could not find. Like, I, I searched on Roku. <laughs> it's that bad. Yeah, it didn't exist. There was, was like... Lord of the Rings Soviet edition didn't exist. Yeah, it, it, it was so hard to find. So I went on YouTube, and all I could do was find just random um, clips of the... I watched, like, the first episode in German. <laughs> that was the only thing that existed. And then there was a whole bunch of random clips of the transformation. But Manable is based in German. Now, this I came on NBC when it first aired yeah. years ago. Yeah, it, so. was, uh, it was kind of a big deal. Well, no, it wasn't. It did terrible. They only had eight episodes, but um, it was... They uh, made it to eight? (laughs) They did. They had a pilot, and uh, after that, it got picked up. um, Why? This was in 19... What year was this? 83 was the uh, um, first episode. Uh, But anyways, so the premise of the show is a man can change himself into any animal and helps police solve crimes. Something about he, like, is in Africa, and there's this curse that's put on him, and if he, like, stares at something long enough, he turns into an animal. <laughs> he only turns into, like, a hawk and a dog, pretty much. Well, I saw the one clip where he turns into a panther. That, that's, that's that, the, like, the hawk and a dog are his go-to. Oh, okay. And then, like, like if it's anything different, like, there's a there's a clip of the panther that from the pilot, and then, like, he turns into a snake. Mm. And he, like, will run behind a barrel, and a snake will come slithering out. <laughs> <It's like the laughs> but everything else was, like, praise for, like, how the transformation sequence happened, you know. And back in the day, it reminded me a lot of Werewolf in London. That's what I got you know? thinking of. They were, they were doing a lot of that. They had some, like, uh, accolades for the special effects, but obviously they couldn't throw all that money into it. So a lot of it was just, like, Bleh. and then, like, he transforms <laughs> into a 
a gerbil or whatever. Um, <laughs> That's why they went with the hawk and the dog a lot. Pant look. Yeah. Um, it, uh, believe it or not, Alan Silvestri did the music for this show. Did he really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the guy who did the Avengers. <laughs> oh, wow. So, I bet he really upped his game. Yeah, yeah he really. <laughs> Good for him. He, he evolved. Made it so far. But, yeah, it didn't do very well. And it was it was hard to watch. It was corny, you know. Um, the, I, honestly, like, having a TV show that bases its entire production off of animals and animal trainers and stuff like that, you know, it's going to do terrible. <laughs> but I guess it came from, like, this uh, vein of terrible TV back in the 80s. Like, uh, The Million Dollar Man, you know. Yeah. There's one that the I Spider-Man found. Spider-Man show yeah. you made me watch. Spider-Man. The, I found one. I found a really good punishment that uh, I'm going to hold on to from doing research for this. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. But, uh, yeah, so it's it's bad. <laughs> I, that's all I can say. From what I could watch, you know, understanding German, it was it was terrible. And, like, the, the criminals are dumb. It's always like they're stealing something that's never, like, conventional, like, like they're robbing a bank or something. They're, like, stealing like, a computer chip out of some place in some, you know, warehouse, you know, in like a the, wharf somewhere. The darkness of night. Yeah. <laughs> So I don't understand the German subtitles. Reminds me of something from the Lord of the Rings, because like, the, the subtitles are all in Russia. But if you auto translate them uh-huh. from YouTube to English, <laughs> they make no sense. That's YouTube in general. So I give this like a a four out of ten. I, I'm sure that somebody back in the day enjoyed it. You know, for what it was worth, it was probably just like, nah, that wasted an hour. I could imagine the idea of the show could be something interesting, but actually put it into film would more. be. <laughs> The uh, I gotta read to you the uh, little narrator uh, jargon that he says. Doctor Jonathan Chase, wealthy, young, handsome, a man with the brightest of futures, a man with the darkest of pasts, from Africa's deepest recesses to the rarefied peaks of Tibet, heir to his father's legacy, heir to his father's legacy and the world's darkest mysteries. Jonathan Chase, master of the secrets that divide the man from animal, animal from man. Manimal. I can hear them saying that in the intro every time. Yep, they do. That's <laughs> always Dr. Jonathan Chase. Yeah, it's always got some stupid narration, whatever. But it, yeah, it uh, it didn't do very well. Um, you know, uh, it obviously not just to get a um, the the like the reception basically canceled it right after the TV show was made. So I I don't have numbers in front of me, but yeah. So there was that. So how was your Barney wannabe? Okay, Oogie Loves. That one I watched because that one was free everywhere. They're trying their <laughs> best to get that one, you know, f- found out there. Um, all I got to say is is the best review for this movie came out from Box Office Mojo, believe it or not. Box hmm. Office Mojo, all they do is they're just a robot. They All they do is report the facts, <laughs> you know. I I guess the the people over at Box Office Mojo got so excited about this movie. Why? Because <laughs> it did so terrible. Oh. Like like they they said this is what they said. They said uh if it makes less than 4 million dollars, it will be a legendary box office flop and they're like super excited about it. Made 1.1 <laughs> 1. 1 million dollars. It's the Mewtwo of legendary films because <laughs> it made one some odd million dollars. It made it was a 20 million dollar budget yeah. cuz I looked at what you were talking about. Yeah. And it 1.1 1. 1 million box office at over 2000 theaters mm. release. They said It's one of the worst grossing They said that ever. that if on average there was less than 2 people per viewing for this movie. 
That makes you got to ask questions because this is like a Barney wannabe TV show or movie, right? So who's going by themselves? Who's going by themselves? You can't send a kid by themselves. So, you know, what is it? Some guy just like wanders in there and he's like, this is a good place to take a nap or something. I don't know. <laughs> It's like but, you go with your kids. It's like, all right, you guys go watch this crap. I'm going to go watch Star Wars. <laughs> the The premise of the show is three Teletubby-looking things just go on balloon adventures. to, And they have encounters. But they have encounters with, like, actual celebrities. Like um, uh, Carrie Elwes, Jamie Presley, uh, Christopher Lloyd, uh, Cloris Leachman, Leachman uh, Chaz Palminton. You know who Chaz he is? Chaz Palminteri. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tony Braxton. So all these... All these like celebrities, like and Carrie Elwes, poor guy. Carrie Elwes. He, he plays this. He plays this like a bubble dude, and he's like a cowboy, and he just he can't stop wobbling and, and stuff like that. <laughs> this is what kids like. Yeah, wobbling. And uh, I'm just like, come on, man. You were you were Wesley, you know, of one of the greatest movies ever made. The main character. You were in Saw. Yeah. You cut your foot off. Christopher Lloyd went back in time to destroy it from Back to the Future. Christopher Lloyd had two lines in this entire movie. He got sucked in. Your kid's Marty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was it was dumb. And uh, the reviewers that I've read, they said like out of 19 actual like uh, professional reviewers out there, maybe six <laughs> took the time to go see this. And I don't think any of them finished the film. <laughs> because the, the premise is like whenever they have an encounter, the Teletubby creatures, they... Um, Butterflies come across the screen, and that means it's time to get out of your chair and start dancing to the music that's about to happen, right? <laughs> did you dance? I did not. <laughs> it wasn't an immersive experience. <laughs> do it again. Watch you kept again. telling me what to do, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. Dance, gonna Brandon. Dance. Did you watch it with your kids? No. no. I didn't want to put my kids through it. <laughs> your kids would have lost their butts. Yeah. Well, my daughter wouldn't give any crap, but my son probably would have been like, let's play video games. But... um. Anyway, and then when the song's over, turtles come across the screen. That means it's time to sit down. Well, according to everybody who went to see this with kids, they never listened to the turtles. <laughs> so just kept running around dancing. Eventually, it was just pure chaos and pandemonium. <laughs> and this guy, uh, uh, Kevin or Ken Wieselman, he's like the they, they call him the Willy Wonka of children productions. He made like Thomas the the Train and um, Teletubbies and stuff like that. Uh, he thought that this would have been the best thing because. There's not been a, a good you know, breakout movie theater uh, kids, you know, interaction. What, he thought it was going to be Rocky Horror for kids? Yeah, that's exactly what it was described as. Oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it got, it, like, the first day it came out, it just did so terrible. And then they, they bumped it to, like, this really crazy morning slot for 2,000 theaters. And then it did even worse than that. <laughs> um, it did so bad that the the press was substantial for it being the one of the biggest flops in history. And the the Wieselman guy thanked the press for just giving them any attention. <laughs> <laughs> You're still talking about yeah. it. He's like, "Hey, maybe it'll help out now." But um, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was terrible. It was 88 minutes long. It felt like four hours. And uh, if I, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, it had uh, what was her name um, from? Uh, she was Frau Bluken from... Uh, That's Cloris Leachman. Yeah, yeah, from uh, Frau Young Frankenstein. <laughs> you could tell, like, she didn't understand what was going on. They had, like, her in this, like, get-up polka dot suit and with face and stuff like that, and she's just, like, dancing around looking like, where am I, where am I supposed to be? What am I doing? <laughs> it's just, like, like a deer-in-a-headlight look the entire time. And, like, that's the same lady who was in Beer Fest making, like, all the... Innuendo jokes oh, with yeah. big sausages. It's like you're in a kid's movie now. Yeah. And Chaz Palminteri plays like a mobster all the time. Yeah, he does. And he's this, he's this milkshake guy in a movie. 
Yeah. I thought it was going to be his big break. I don't know. Poor Chess. Maybe he's just like, I got to do one for the grandkids. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyways, budget, $20 million, Box office, $1.1. 1. 1, um, considered one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, definitely the least grossing children's movie. So that's saying something. What would you rate it? Uh, that one, I mean, I I guess there would be some children that would be of the toddler range out there that would like this movie. So I, I don't know. I, I, give it, I give it like a two, a three, uh, something like that. So, yeah. You didn't yeah. get punished. <laughs> well, that was my punishment off. I got him with. The, uh, <laughs> Oogie loves a pillow balloon it, adventure it was, extravaganza it was a dance rough party. Punch. Yeah, <laughs> it was rough. So, all right, moving on. So, on to movies. I watched a movie. I watched My Cousin Vinny. Did you? Oh. Hey. The two Utes. Yeah. <laughs> um, came out in 1992. Obviously, it, most people have seen this movie. It stars Joe Pesci. It stars Marissa Tomei, Fred Gwynn, who plays the judge, or also Thurman Munster. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who goes, that, identical. <laughs> it is, oh, yeah, Ralph Macchio's in it. Oh, yeah, He's supposed to be playing like a kid going to college, like 32. Yeah. Isn't he like the guy that's in trouble that they're trying to? Yeah, so. Yeah. So the purpose of the movie is it's about him and his buddy. They're going on like this tour of the South, like going <laughs> as like as they're making their way to college, mm-hmm. and they go to a convenience store, buy stuff, and they go get back in the car. And he's like, "Oh, he's like, oh, I forgot to pay for this tuna." He's because like, he's trying to you know hold it while he's holding all these other things. And he just puts it in his pocket so he doesn't drop everything. The tuna and like you know like it's like oh man, it's like this is the South. Like we might get killed. Like they'll throw the book at us because we shoplifted. It's like, should we go back? Does the guy know? And they're like freaking out, and they're driving to the cop stops and pulls out a shotgun. He's got him at point for tuna. So, yeah. <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen this movie. So they get arrested, and, like, they're just like, yeah, I want to confess, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, no, he didn't have nothing to do with it. But the whole time they got arrested for murder. Really? By D-Day from Animal House, <laughs> who's the sheriff. Wow. Yeah, you know who that is? I've seen it at Animal House, yeah. yeah Bruce yeah. McGill. Yeah. He's the one that rides a motorcycle around? Yeah. Yeah. So they end up getting in trouble. They can't afford an attorney, and he calls his mom, and he's just like, oh, my cousin Vinny. <laughs> yeah. Cue my cousin Vinny. He comes in with his New York ways and nonsense. He's never prosecuted a case or never defended anybody. He's like an ambulance chaser attorney who's never gone to trial. Yeah. And he's just like bombing left and right, like with courtroom procedure and everything, yeah. lying to the judge about You're out of order. him getting a stay. It's a fun movie, and a, actually it's incredibly courtroom accurate huh. for procedure, cross-examination, expert witness testimony. And expert, you know, witness testimony, cross examination. Mm-hmm. Like this is like parts of this movie are shown in law school. <laughs> apparently, I watched a lawyer review where a guy's like, I, you know, I went to Harvard Law. Here's my diploma, all this other stuff. It's like this is like every lawyer's favorite movie. Like we show this stuff to students mm-hmm. <laughs> about how to, you know, go about questioning and you know discrediting eyewitness testimony. Cool. It's a very funny movie. You've seen it, right? Yeah. What would you give it? It's been a long time. Oh, I give this movie a solid eight out of ten. Sweet. Marissa Tomei actually won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress for this Yeah, movie. I remember that. Yeah, it was a big deal. And she kind of fell off the face of the earth until Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. sure she had some other stuff since then, but yeah. Because uh-huh. her biological clock was ticking. What? That's from the movie where she's oh. yelling at Joe Pesci. Oh, no. yeah. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while. All right. So <laughs> your parents just probably love this movie. <laughs> your parents. <laughs> you want to sit down and have a good one, a uh, good movie experience with your mom. You, know. you want to hang out with your dad while he's sitting and goes to two Utes. <laughs> so. It's one of those movies where it's like stereotypical Southerners yeah. and stereotypical New Yorkers. It's like, ah, hey, I'm walking you. He doesn't actually say that, but it's hysterical. Right. So <laughs> movie news, they're making a Netflix movie oh. about 
bounty gate from the NFL. And oh, Kevin my. James is apparently going to play Sean Payton. Well, that's going to do terrible. That's going to be a comedy. Why are they making this? Because <laughs> what is bounty gate? Bounty gate is about the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, defensive were, uh, bounties for knocking players unconscious, injuring them, or yeah, they were getting paid the game on the know, side. Allegedly, getting paid extra money oh, under yeah. the table if they would go out and hurt the other players on the other team, like try to hurt them. Isn't that the idea of football, anyways? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you're not supposed to get paid extra for it. <laughs> All right. And I'm like Kevin James. I'm like, like you saying Sean Payton's fat? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Kevin James. He's pretty pretty in shape now. I mean, he's not like ripped or nothing, but he's an in shape guy now. He's lost a lot of weight. So this is uh, being produced by Adam Sandler's uh, company, Happy Madison Productions. Okay. <laughs> that sounds about right. We know what kind of quality to expect for this. <laughs> uh, they're expected to film sometime this year. I I don't know why we're making this movie, though. Why? I don't know. It could be funny. I mean, I mean just what thinking if, about it, it could be funny. Because football. Football. We're going to make a movie about a team that did stuff the wrong way. I mean, you think about Kevin Super Bowl. Kevin James made the Here Comes the Boom where he became a UFC fighter. <laughs> he did get yeah. in shape for that role, though. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> it was funny, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, most NFL movies don't do good. No. This Except for The Replacements. The Replacements is a great movie. <laughs> but, like, you know, what, Draft Day was yeah. one. Yeah. Not many movies, like, where they try it's to because do because it doesn't have any world. Uh, you can't relate yeah. to any of the people. Well, it doesn't have any global box office. So it, yeah. You can only depend on domestic box yeah. office. So. This is going to be a Netflix movie, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm well, probably not going to watch it. I will. I'm sure I will at one point or another. I had TV. You did? Talk did. about it. Uh, I watched a show to completion, up to date, called Solar Opposites. <laughs> to completion. Yes. How many episodes was it? Uh, I don't know. Five. It was like 20 or so. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but it, it's uh, made by Justin Rowland and animated by the same people who did Rick and Morty. Um, it's very much the same kind of humor. <laughs> it's not as witty and science fiction-y nerd kind of <laughs> as... Uh, as um, uh, Rick and Morty is like there's a lot of inside jokes and like time space theorems that like you feel intelligent for getting the joke kind of stuff <laughs> there's not that much going on in Solar Opposites but it does have a lot of funny things uh, but basically the idea is some aliens from a planet went to earth after their planet blew up blah 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 to control the earth and take it over whatever but they they're like very well ingrained into the the meta of earth entertainment culture mm -hmm. so you know they get kind of distracted by all of that and <laughs> i don't know every episode is just some stupid plot about anything that has anything to do with modern stuff so and it's, it's a typical comedy kind of ensues um it's it, Justin Rowland does one of the voices not all of the voices like uh -huh. he does for Rick and Morty so <laughs> It's a little bit more balanced, and the voice acting is kind of fun. I like all the characters and what they mean, um, you know, and the tongue-in-cheek stuff. They do, like, tongue-in-cheek stuff about death, you know, about marriage and whatnot, and uh, to see it from, like, a hilariously ridiculous alien aspect of, like, <laughs> these modern, you know, Western traditions and stuff. It's, that's kind of fun. So this is not the Kirkland <laughs> brand, Rick and Morty? It's different. It's different, but they, I think that, honestly, if they had gone a different animation route, it would have probably garnered a better thing because people are expecting it to be too much like Rick and Morty, you know? I mean, it, do, it does well. It's got, like, a 93% uh, approval. And it's, it was made by Hulu, isn't it? Yeah, it's Hulu. And they keep making fun of Hulu for producing their show. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, the final episode was, like... Uh, it feeds you. Yeah, the final episode was, like, you know... Uh, 
like they're they're talking about like the the conclusion of the 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 season, and they're like, we're not going to be some sellouts like do a holiday special. Then it slams down like Solar Opposites holiday special coming this year. Yes, we signed them. They have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so the joke's on you, you know. So, um, but yeah, uh, it's a it's a good show. Um, one of the best parts of the show is that they have two plots going on at once. Because so like one of the alien uh, kids abducts people and shrinks them down and then puts them in this giant gerbil cage <laughs> in this wall and it's it's spun off to do its own B plot line. And like there's this like anarchy that happens of people trying to fight and control themselves in the wall, you know, control like It's the, like Lord of the Flies. Yeah. Like, uh, it's like Lord of the Flies and they're like fighting over like a Cheerio and stuff like that that they find laying around. So it's a and then like they they do it so well because they don't Dis, like distract from the, the seriousness of that plot line at all, it, you know. It's just random cutbacks. If people to it. just all they're, all they're talking about is like murdering and killing and taking over, and like some dudes like whittling a toothpick and stuff like that. <laughs> so, like that's the stuff that makes it funny. Um, but yeah, so that's that's a that's a lot. Uh, probably the best part of the show is the the segues and the plot lines to take off with. So I enjoyed it. It's definitely not a Rick and Morty replacement. But if you're waiting for Rick and Morty to come out, and you know, it, it's something to bridge the gap. Yeah, 16 episodes, and I give it a seven out of ten. I think that sometimes the humor falls flat, you know. But whatever. And then my news is that there's a Star Wars TV show produced by Seth Green and uh, the other guy Matthew Seinrich from uh, Robot Chicken. Hmm. They made two episodes of a Star Wars TV show with George Lucas. Oh, is this like, live action or animated? Or this what? Is, I think it's animated. I think it's CGI. Okay. And uh, they made uh, two seasons of this back mm-hmm. before the Disney buyout, and it's been on the back burner ever <laughs> since then. Well, Disney has announced they're talking about pretty much le- letting it come out to Disney+. Plus. Um, and it's got voices, Seth MacFarlane, uh, Joe McHale from... Uh, Community. Community. Yeah. Um, uh, Cree Summers, I don't know, Gray Delis, and Weird Al Yankovic. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they're also going to get back um, C3PO, um, Anthony Daniels, and D. Williams. Oh. So they're going to reprise their roles. Um, but yeah, after the acquisition uh, in 2012, it was shelved. And then in 2018, there was talks unofficially for it to come back. And now it looks like it's going to come back by the end of this year or at the beginning of next year. Was this the show where they had written out two seasons, not filmed anything? I think they actually filmed it. It talks about it being completed, and it's just free money laying around. So and it's Disney, just hanging out. Disney <laughs> Plus is trying to keep the Star Wars yeah. thing Alive. going. So and they don't got much coming out right now until uh, their live action Obi-Wan. shows come out. Yeah. So uh, I mean, why not? I'm, it's probably not. It, it it takes place after the original trilogy, mm-hmm. before okay. the the sequel trilogy. So they're they're probably you know, yeah, they're probably like <laughs> we got to do something. So this is free money. Why not release? I mean, it? yeah, if it's if, you know, somebody might like it. If they don't, they don't. They yeah, don't this would have been made before they even wrote, you know, Force Awakens and all that. So mm-hmm. it's probably better. Probably, <laughs> it, it seems like it'll be fun. So uh, I I would I would enjoy that one. Um, we'll see how bad you know eight year old CGI looks like, but whatever. So there you go. That's my TV show news and reviews. Video games. Guys. <laughs> well, there's a uh, new beta out for a game called Enlisted, which huh. basically puts you in World War II. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Battlefield, where you and either your friends or you know random people are in a squad of like four to five. Mm-hmm. And from what I can tell, you just take over points or eliminate the other side. But it's... 
I mean, granted, it's a beta. It's it's kind of wonky when it comes to controls. Yeah, the controls are pretty. It's bad. like the tri- controls are kind of when you when you run and turn left and right. It's like driving a boat. You know, you yeah. have to overcorrect mm-hmm. a lot when you're trying to turn left and right. That I do like the fact that it's it's sim- semi realistic where you know one or two bullets kills the guy. Like he's no. he's down. And so. like your hip fire stuff, it's like wherever your gun's barrel is pointing, the bullets are going that direction. It's yeah. not like Call of Duty. Not where like you know <laughs> shoot birds out of the sky and stuff like that. <laughs> On another continent and they're behind you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we kinda watched uh I watched Tom and Hayden play when I got here to record and watched one of them run over a hill, they see a tank, they run away. Yeah. <laughs> it's like tanks. <laughs> <laughs> The spawning system is kind of dumb because it's based off of a squad-based system. Well, that, that's system. similar to Battlefield. When you're wherever your squad is, you can yeah. spawn on But them. if a tank rolls up on your squad... You're in trouble. Uh, you're in deep dookie. You might as well just not respond. I, I do like that You know, not every sniper rifle has a glint. Yeah. Yes. The, I will say... No. I didn't see any. No, I didn't see any glints. But the graphics are really good. Yeah, I'm surprised. For for it to be a beta and it's uh, made by Dark Flow Software, which I've never heard of. Never heard of them. It's, it's pretty, pretty good... Uh, the you know, detail was part. really, really good. Yeah, like each individual, mm-hmm. like wood plank that was in the the trenches and stuff. You could see like the grains through it and everything. So, apparently, they, were, they put it in a lot of historical accuracy as far as you know, cost and weapons and mm-hmm. et cetera. I think you know, because when I was looking at when you were playing as the Americans, like everybody I started with had M, you know, nineteen oh three Springfields, mm-hmm. and I'm assuming there's some sort of you know, it was a World War II weapon, but I'm assuming like, as you rank up in the game, you unlock. Stuff that was period accurate as well, yeah. Like from, M1 Garands, Thompsons, etc. From what I looked at, they say it's, it's MMO style when it comes to the, your character. Mm-hmm. As far as like the more you do, the more you unlock and things yeah. like that. So you can uh, build up your your guns. I finally unlocked the ability to have a sidearm. <laughs> I don't have one unlocked, but I can get one. <laughs> I wonder if they got some political, you know, naysayers out there for because you can play as the Germans. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. basically you can be a Nazi. Well, I mean, that's the same with all the Battlefield games. You're, you, yeah, one you side's the, the bad guys, one side's the good guys. Didn't, the but it didn't, wasn't there a Battlefield game that, like they, they rip into them for that? Well, yeah, they, they couldn't use the swastika symbol. Uh, they had to make yeah, up their own online. German symbol. So. They, they basically just had like the, the plus sign looking yeah, thing. They, yeah, they made it the, the, the red flag with the, the black X on it instead of the... The or, swastika. Yeah, instead of the swastika, yeah. Because oh. the, they had the swastikas in the campaign. This was called mm-hmm. World War II that had this. Yeah. But that game also had the ability where you can make your own gamer card, mm-hmm. you know, icon picture. And I remember as soon as that game started, everybody had, like, Nazi crap. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, like, especially a video game where you can play and sensationalize, you know, perspectives of war. You know, playing as the Germans on D-Day. Yeah. I mean, it might be it be a fascinating experience just to have that perspective, but then to, like you know, give you the ability to, like, you've just unlocked, you know, this not this swastika and you can have these these SS bolts and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, to glamorize. I, I don't know. I don't know where the line is with that, but yep. I don't know. I mean, I didn't see any swastikas when we were playing. I didn't either. I, I'm sure they probably kept it out, but then it's not accurate, right? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> weren't there SS soldiers on Normandy? I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were. Yeah, so, I mean... and. and and if you don't see them, if you can't play as them, and you know, what's, well, I mean, what's all soldiers mean? would have had it just because the German eagle had yeah. that's what it was holding in right. its talons. So uh, I don't know, but I mean, I, granted, it's only a beta. I would say it gives, gets a five at the moment, but there's a lot of room for improvement. Or, five for graphics. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, like I said, we said the controls kind of messed up. Where's like driving a boat or you're drunk running around. Yeah, you feel drunk. Yeah. And yeah, the controls are clunky. And then the they don't, like every, I don't know what it is with every shooter, but they need to have their own 
sensitivity yeah. input. And like they're all named something different. Mm-hmm. And they don't describe what that is. <laughs> what so it you're, does. you're just kind of like figuring Guessing. it out. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, I was what, adjusting dials, turning down dials. I was like, "Does this do anything?" I don't even know. Yeah, I, didn't feel yeah, like I mean, that's why with it being a beta, I say five for now because there's, you know, they're going to improve stuff or they might mess up stuff later on. Who knows? I will say it's, it's a good beta. Yeah, it's a really good beta because mm-hmm. most betas that come out, they just suck. Yeah, <laughs> or there's so limited stuff you could do. Like right. this seems like you have like the full unlocking process capable doing the squads. I I don't know where the uh, whole like PvP thing is without the squads. I don't either. I don't know how to navigate it. <laughs> Yeah, they, they don't have very much like um, interface explanation. Right, that's what they really need to work on. So, but anyways, I'll move on to my news. Yeah. There is a zombies slash division kind of game coming out called The Day Before. Okay. Um. Basically, it's 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 like the division, but they've added zombies into it. From from the gameplay I've seen, they had like a thirteen minute gameplay mm-hmm. that they've put online. Is it from the same people who did it? I don't know. I I didn't see who the developer was. But I wouldn't be surprised because it, it looks like you're playing The Division, but they've mm-hmm. just added zombies into the stores and stuff like that. It's really big open world. I don't know if they have ray tracing, but it looks like they might yeah. from, mm-hmm. the, from the trailer because it, it's really detailed. Like you can Kind of like The Division, you can see the water droplets hitting the water and stuff, right. so I would That's imagine nice. it does. But it, it's, it's neat because uh, the zombies are more akin to the, the Walking Dead. Kind of they're, they're a little slow, slow yeah. but you have the roving factions of like bad guys that are – Come in, try and steal your supplies, or yeah. try and kill you in the street if they see you. Mm. So you kind of got to creep through, navigate the zombies and the survivors. Is it, yeah. is it anything new though? Not I mean, really. It doesn't sound like it. I mean, as far as like, is there is there an experience from this game that I could get for the first time that I would get in any other game? I don't know of any other games though that, that combine such an open world where you can have multiple players and you have. You know, I, that's, There's got to be some. I'm sure there so is one. What's somewhere. The, probably like you know, what's the, the project? One. The the one where you build stuff as a community, and then you got zombies chasing. Oh, you. that's uh, a state yeah. of decay, but yeah. it, that's a lot different. It's a it's like a top down kind of thing from that. Okay, and it's it's a lot more, I guess, supply or, oriented. Where this one is more like the division, where you're you're running around trying to help different depots. You have to get supplies to up re you know up your uh-huh. weapons and upgrade and things like that. But it's it's a lot more like you know say these people are trapped. You got to go. Your mission is to go get them and yeah. bring them back to the community thing, kind yeah. of thing. So it's like State of Decay, but a lot better graphics, a lot better gameplay, and stuff like that. Hmm. Well, also, well. other news is uh, Warzone has banned four hundred and seventy-five thousand people in this last update. That is a Good. ton of That's people. A lot. Though. That's a lot of players. I mean, I wonder if they took a chunk of money uh, for that. I mean, obviously, to pay the, the manpower to mm-hmm. ban those people, but then the have people, you know, I mean, Warzone is free, but if you have hundreds of thousands of people playing at one time, chances are a percentage of them are going to buy something on the stupid shop that they have. Oh, yeah. They do it all the time. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> guilty of that. If, if only like 3% of them buy a dollar here and a dollar there for one day, that's a lot of money that you're losing. So, I wonder. I think this game still makes a crap ton of money. I'm sure. I mean, it's a, it's a billion dollar game for sure. So but it's about time that they start banning more than like fifteen thousand at a time yeah. because there's there's a lot of people that cheat. They, which yes. when we say cheat, they have like this wall hacks, co- recoil control, aim assists. Well, yeah, like basically they have some kind of computer program that when they pull the trigger, it goes directly at the closest you know enemy player. 
Right. No matter you know whether whether mm-hmm. where they're looking, they just pull the trigger and it locks onto them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or they can see them through. And it's walls. like headshots yeah. only. They could see through walls. The yeah. recoil controls were like normally like you used off a far and it's all over the place. Yeah. There's it doesn't move. There's one thing that they could do to make console players really happy. Take PC Hex. players out completely. Yes. <laughs> or make it where it's not cross-platform, where Xbox right. guys are just playing against other consoles. Well, see, uh, I don't even mind playing against other PlayStation players, but when you I play mind that, but PC, they have all these other you know stuff on their computer where they can add all these programs in while they're playing. It right. makes it easy to hack. Right. So. Yeah, it's dumb. I don't like it. But don't anyways, care for that's, it. That's my news. Well, we can cool. move on now. That was good news. <laughs> all right. Well, what are we talking about to today, boys? Mitch. Tom. Brandon. Anyways, we're moving on. Well, uh, our main thing today, we're going to look a little closer look at the Fellowship of the Ring. Since since Tom had to be punished with his horrible version, we figured we'd look a little more into the actual version. So I I guess we should preface that we've talked about Lord of the Rings plenty on the podcast before. It's been brought up time and time again. But uh, the reason that we wanted to talk about this is we take an in-depth look at each Movie, right? Yeah, each movie mm-hmm. individually. And we'll just kind of smatter them throughout these next couple of weeks, you know. But this one we're doing first, and it's a fellowship. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have a special video, uh, in all seriousness, of our appreciation for uh, the fellowship that comes out with this podcast. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. But anyways, like, I- I've seen the movies. I really liked them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know a whole lot about them. So, like... My first question is because Tom and Hayden know a lot about the production and the actual story. So what is, like, how did the ring get get lost? I know Sauron lost it because his finger got cut off, but other than that, like. Sauron losing the ring happens differently in the books than it does in the movies. Okay. He's, in the books, he's defeated by Gil-Galad and Elendil. And who are they? They, Elendil's the High King of Gondor and Arnor from the you know the remnants of the men of Numenor. He's Aragorn's his descendant. Okay. Yes. Gilgalad is the Elven High King, and Elrond is like his herald. Mm-hmm. So Gilgalad's number one for the elves and Elendil, and the fight against Sauron and Mordor they show you know briefly in the beginning of the Fellowship of the Ring. It's actually like a eight year fight mm-hmm. from fighting Sauron out of Middle Earth and fighting him into Mordor, mm-hmm. okay. gaining ground and f- making their way into Mordor and then laying siege to Barad-dur for seven years okay, until Sauron eventually just comes out and the three of them fight. He ends up killing Gil- uh, he ends up killing both of them, but he goes down at the same time. And when he goes down, that's when Isildur shows up with the broken shards of Narsil and cuts off the ring off his hand. Okay. Well, because like, I've seen Sauron in pictures, but I didn't really know what he looked like other than his big eye. There's... In the, the Return book, of the King, the eye the isn't King. him. That's not him, though, is it? The eye is just like this manifestation kind of. Okay. You know, it's mind. Uh, yeah, not, it's, a, it's it, a camera. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, that's his. That's his. Like, that's his webcam, <laughs> so to speak. But in the books, he his physical form had returned because okay. Gollum is the only one in the Fellowship or the only one in the books who had seen him mm-hmm. in person. Okay. When he was captured and tortured, mm-hmm. he talks about him. He said, "You know, Sauron has nine fingers. He's missing the one that is sealed or cut because right. of the ring." And and so, uh, Sar- Sauron came from. He's like he's, he's one of the Ainur. Yeah. So like, Gandalf is what? All right. There's the Ainur, which are the Valar and the Maiar. Yeah. So Sauron is the most powerful Maiar, which is just below the tier that's the Valar. Mm-hmm. Okay. Gandalf is also one of the Maiar, which they were the first children of Iluvatar. 
who's like God. You've already lost him. I know. <laughs> so, so, there's, yeah. so basically, like, Sauron is at first corrupted. He was at first good, and then he's corrupted by Morgoth. Okay. And then he goes on to become his chief lieutenant guy. Well, let's just briefly talk about the creation of Middle-earth from uh, Tolkien's, like, uh, uh, symphony story and stuff like that. About, about the music. music. Yeah. So the god is named what? Eru Iluvatar. All right. And he wrote Middle-earth into existence by how? Well, he partly does it. He actually doesn't sing during this. Okay. The first iteration. Because at first, there's the children of Luvatar, which are the the Valar. Uh-huh. And Melkor, you know, goes off trying to find the Flame of Perishable, which is how creation is made. Uh-huh. Which, he doesn't find it in the Timeless Void, so he comes back, and he's all mad. And then they do the, oh, the oh, great oh, singing. Oh, oh. That's what, this, The singing is what okay. Arda. Essentially, his song was saying, in the, each species of people had a certain, like, I don't know, note or an instrument into the song that was their creation. They weren't in the song. Elves and men and dwarves. They hadn't been created yet. But the dwarves were created and then went to sleep and then got woken back up. Wasn't that one of the That things? was later on. Well, all right. In the grand scheme of things, that's how the creation happened. This also, we're not talking about the Fellowship of the Ring. We're talking about like but the But we're getting to where Sauron comes from. Because Sauron, all right, so the most powerful being created by the, the god of Middle-earth. The uh, most powerful of all of them is Melkor. Okay. Who becomes Morgoth. And he is what? He's what? one of the Valar. All right. And then Sauron is what? One of the Maiar. Which is like a subcategory of the Valar, right? They're like the bottom. They're tier two. Okay. And then Gandalf is what? what? One of the Maiar. All right. So essentially, Sauron and Gandalf are in the same They're basically angelic class. beings. Yeah, they're, they're angels. Okay. And uh, so Sauron was originally named what? Myron. Okay. He gets corrupted by? Melkor. Who is the evil guy that... He created. He was the first Dark Lord. He created discord in the song and the harmony, so to speak, and that's where evil came out of, more or less. Okay. Yeah, everything he made was a mockery of what everyone else had made. Right. The orcs, everything. And gotcha. like the Silmarillion goes into great detail with all these great, great, right? <laughs> like insane stories. The Silmarils, blah 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 blah. Anyways, Sauron gets corrupted by the first evil bad guy, and mm-hmm. then becomes the new evil bad guy. And okay. He creates the ring. Basically. Years and years and years but, later. But why is the ring created, you know, specifically? To enhance his own power. But he does it in, a, in like, a trick. When, like, the humans well, it, and the men, the men and the He elves. had learned, like, smithing from Alway, who's one of the Valar. Like, he's the one who, like, built Earth. Uh-huh. Like, he knows everything about all of it. He, that's who he learned from. Same thing with Saruman. And I think Gandalf. Right. So he made the one ring and, you know... Or learned ring making, uh-huh. with you know, in bestowing powers and et cetera into the rings, and that's when he meets the elves, disguising himself as Anatar, Lord of Gifts, mm-hmm. and kind them to making what they call the lesser rings. Right, that's what Galadriel in the movie. No, okay. that's not the same ring. No, that's one of the rings that. That's uh, one of the rings of power, but it wasn't made by Sauron. I know, but I'm saying that's one of the <laughs> one of the rings that they learn how to make. Because well, like the rings for the dwarves and the rings for the men were co-created by Celebrimbor, okay, and Sauron. Which right. they show in the Mordor games. Uh-huh. But the elvish rings were made by Celebrimbor alone. All right. So Sauron couldn't really fully control them. We still don't really know what you're talking about. I so, anyways. I'm completely lost. The, the, the ring was created basically as a trick, like in, in conjunction with a whole bunch of other rings. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be that suspicious for when Sauron had a ring of power. The All only right. rings he could control were the rings given to men. Right. The dwarven rings, he couldn't control the dwarves. All well, it did was make them like gold lust. Now, why does the ring, 
like corrupt people kind of like where they kind of go because crazy or evil kind of thing because of who it was made by right the who ring is, is so, part of Sauron's essence like okay. his soul is buried in this well, thing I was wondering like why why is Frodo like kind of going crazy when he he's basically the, carrying around like mini me Sauron okay. yeah. like on his chest yeah, you know, like Harry Potter did the whole uh, I've never seen Harry split Potter. soul thing. Yeah, the Horcruxes. Yeah, that's basically that, that's a great way to describe it. Right. Okay. That's that's it was stolen from Lord of the Rings. Like the gotcha. ring has like a will and mind of its own. You can't okay. kill Sauron until the ring is destroyed, and the only way you can kill the ring is to drop it into the place where it was forged. And how come when Frodo puts the ring on, is it's like he's in a ghost kind of realm where he can see the, the Wraith other, world? Yeah. Well, it turns all wearers invisible. Yeah, I know it turns them invisible. Except but it does it to men. It does it to hobbits. Does not do it to Tom Bombadil. He puts the ring on and just takes it off. Uh-huh. Um, but he's not corrupted by the ring at all. It, he can't be corrupted by right. the ring. He's well, kind of one of those weird legendary characters. But he puts it on, he's invisible, and all the wraiths can still see him. Yeah, because he's in the wraith world. So it's the, the How do they nine, share? The nine rings both. did the same thing with invisibility. Okay. And the more you used it, the less visible in the mortal plane you became. Okay. Until eventually you just fully transitioned to the wraith world. Huh. Which that, is when, when Frodo puts it on because it's the one ring, he goes right to it. Mm. And then when he takes it off, he's back. So that's okay. how the nine rings of men corrupted those kings and they all became gotcha. evil. They, the became, they became the race. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what I was going to ask you. He's like, where did they come from? But gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there you go. That's enough backstory to explain all the weird niche questions <laughs> that people had about the rings. And, you know, honestly, like they should do a documentary that really does a good delving into the Silmarillion to explain stuff. Mm-hmm. There's know? two really good channels on YouTube of guys who really explain and go in depth about all this stuff. One is uh, Men of the West and the other one is, it was called History of Middle Earth, now it's History of the Ages. Mm-hmm. But they do a lot of, you know, character plots, backstories, certain, you know, aspects like how, like what the ring really does, what the Nine Rings did. Well then, like, because I think it's Fellowship of the Ring, they go, they get ready to go through a cave as they're transporting before they encounter the Balrog. Mm-hmm. What is the little octopus-looking thing? Because I've heard that there's a lot more to it than just what they showed in the movie. In the book, they only describe it as, like, these massive tentacles that come out. Okay. So, Peter Jackson, they took it a step further and showed, like, more of what they could imagine it could be. Well, doesn't he have, I think, like, I don't know if they were combining characters or not, but wasn't that octopus thing something from the Silmarillion? No. Okay. It's not mentioned in the Silmarillion. All right, well. It was specifically done. And nobody really knows how long it had been there, how it got there. Mm-hmm. I think there's their talk that Sauron had placed it there to guard the um, entrance into Moria. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me what people think is a plot hole? Where Why couldn't they just use the birds from Gandalf's the other eagles. friend, whatever they are? Well, they talked about where the, the eagles fly. wouldn't do it. They wouldn't, yeah. do, okay. they wouldn't fly over Mordor just because they knew it would be used like a suicide run. They also had a war in the north that the eagles were fighting in, too, at the same time. Wasn't that a part of it? Mm-hmm. Well, there sure. was the war in the north, but I don't think the eagles were a part of it. I, I thought that they were, and then well, everybody always assumes that the eagles are on the same side as the fellowship. And no, they the only eagles are heralds of one of the the king of the Valar. Yeah. Okay. Well, I was just wondering because I've heard other people say, why didn't the why didn't the eagles just fly them where they had to go instead of them having to walk they, thousands yeah. of miles? They did a favor for Gandalf, and it was like even that was like asking a lot. Okay. So. Yeah. From yeah. choir here, the Wind Lord, and now, then king of the eagles. When they get inside the the. What you call it? The uh, the cave, the mines the, of Moria. Yeah, that. <laughs> what? Why didn't like? Wouldn't Gimli know his way through there? Because no, he had never been there. Okay, yeah. I thought. I was the that's only I two that's where characters who had been there are Gandalf and Aragorn. Okay, oh, I don't know Aragorn. Both there of them before. had been through the mines of Moria. Was, was, when did he go through? Aragorn years before the Fellowship. 
in his younger days and travels. When he's a ranger. Because Eric Gordon's like 88 years old. Right? So I think he's almost 90. Yeah. Because so. in the two towers, he says he's 87, but I think that's actually wrong. I think he's supposed to be like 92 or something. Oh, okay. And why why are the elves like holier than thou when it comes to talking to the men and stuff? Like why, why wouldn't they Because the they're the firstborn Yeah, they're the children. first ones to wake up. Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're immortal. But they're still in just as much danger if this doesn't get delivered. Yeah, but they can leave and go to Valinor. Where, what is that? The uttermost west where the elves were brought originally. But couldn't Sauron eventually get there too? No. He, he no. tried at one point, didn't he? Sort of. The Numenor thing? Yeah, he was... In the Second Age, Sauron's taken hostage yeah. by elves and men. Yeah. Okay. Because he starts his shenanigans. The elves call the men. The men show up with like a host of arms that mm-hmm. had never before been seen in Middle-earth. And Sauron just looks out his window and goes... I can't kill all of them. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes out. It's like, I guess I give up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when he's in his fair form to fool that, people. And he's brought back to Numenor as a hostage and then eventually becomes a uh, counselor to Air Farazan, who's king of Numenor. He corrupts from him. And whom he corrupts and they stop, you know. Like, the, what's cool is, like, there's so much backstory. Like, Tolkien did a really good job of interlaying history. Mm-hmm. So it feels very natural and growing. And Lord of the Rings... It's a very good standalone story, but it's it's honestly just a piece of the pie. And if you there's know, so much history, if they could ever figure out how to, you know, properly chrono- chronologically do the story somehow and mm-hmm. chronicle all of this stuff, it'd be it'd be really fascinating, you know. So for sake of time, I'll ask one or well one more two part question: What is the Balrog? Why why did all right? You, hold on, hold on. I can answer the Balrog just question first. He's got a two part question. Go you ahead. see, you don't you don't hear anything about it beforehand. You don't see it ever again afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, why, what is the Balrog, and how did it not die when Gandalf didn't die? Well, technically die. Like, how, die. how did it survive? It did die. It has wings. It could fly. Why did it not just fly? I don't think the... it was falling. I don't think... Is the book describe it with wings? Yes. I don't know. The movie did. All right. Well, so the Balrogs are also Mire, or like Gandalf and yeah. Sauron. Okay. They were fire spirits corrupted by Morgoth and became the Balrogs. Now, okay. there's... So there's more than one. There's disagreement between how many Balrogs there were in when they were prevalent in, you know, the year of the trees, the year of the lamps, and then the first age mm-hmm. when Melkor was still in charge with how many of them that there were. Mm-hmm. It's either between seven or an army of them. Mm-hmm. So when... What's a good way to describe this? So the Balrogs, are, they're like the greatest servants of Morgoth. Morgoth. Yeah. One of them is like his top general guy. Mm-hmm. Gothmog is what he was called. He was the king of the Balrogs. Mm-hmm. So in the first years of the first age, when they have all the big fights and stuff, the Balrogs are some of them were killed by elves, okay, in great battles by like overpowered elves, mm-hmm. and then when Morgoth is eventually cast down, they go into hiding. Mm-hmm. One of the ones that goes into hiding is Durin's bane, when he goes underground, and it's eventually what it's to be Moria, okay, right. when the dwarves uh delve too greedily and too well, deeply and wasn't his ass that up. wasn't that uh, Balrog. Like, didn't they, like, collapse the, the mountains on him so he wouldn't get, escape? No, they and, were killed. He went into hiding to evade the elves in the Valor. He was trapped in there at some point, wasn't he? I think I remember something about they, that. They, pre- then, they went into, like, hibernation. Oh, okay. Well, anyways, yeah. And then in The Hobbit talks about them digging too deep. Okay. And um, He's called Durin's Bane because they don't know what his name was, but when they the dwarves woke him up in Moria, he killed Durin the fourth or fifth. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. I was just wondering. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, like everything that comes out of nowhere, not not from the movies. The movies are try a little bit hard to solidify that standalone story mm-hmm. of Lord of the Rings. But the books and stuff like that, there's an explanation for everything. Like Tolkien thought of everything. Okay, 
You know, uh, I mean, I know there was this whole big history of stuff that's not in the movies that mm-hmm. you know about all. Even, even mm-hmm. when you include the Hobbit movies, there's the history. There's tons of stuff that's not part of it. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. So I was just wondering. I, I didn't know anything about any of that. So yeah, like the dragon lore for Smog and where he comes from and all that stuff. There's tons and tons of history and what that is. And dragons and are size comparison. Dragons are essentially uh, are they Maynar or Minar too or what are they? I don't think they're Maynar because they're created by Morgoth. Okay. So that they can't be Maiar, okay. I don't think. Because all the evil servants, like the more the Balrogs and whatever, were Maiar spirits corrupted. Yeah. Yeah. The dragons were created in the beginning of the first age. And they didn't have wings initially. Okay. Yeah. Some of them just took the shapes of mountains and stuff like that, didn't they? No, um, and Caligon the Black yeah. was like, there's a bit of size dispute as well. Right. But when he's eventually brought down, he destroyed three mountains when he right. fell. And it's like, that's a big freaking dragon. Those like epic battles, they're described so biblically, you know, terrible Mm -hmm. that it'd be insane to see somebody try and produce something like that in Mm -hmm. uh, live action. So, but whatever, we're running out of time. So that was fun though. And we will Did you have any other quick questions or? Nothing off the top of my head. We can hit it again. We'll do some Mm -hmm. more of these, some more of these deep dives into uh, like source material. That was more, that wasn't really more Fellowship of the Ring. That was more like Lord of the Rings lore about things that happened in the Fellowship. Yeah, but backstory to the Fellowship. People wanted to know, like, like Mitch, they want to know what. What these things are and why were they never explained, kind of stuff. And it's mm-hmm. because it's it's too much. Yeah, I man. Like I said, I, I like the movies and mm-hmm. I've seen them a few times, but I had no idea mm-hmm. what some of that stuff was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, but we'll do more of that. That's, that's actually this actually worked out pretty well. I think yeah. it'll be fun. So, all right, it's that time. Uh, I, I think it. since I got uh, two punishments, I should be exonerated. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we should just. Me and you both did three punishments. I don't care. Spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. I think (laughs) somebody over here. Spin the wheel. Keep spinning until it says Mitch. Big spin. Big spin. Big spin. Big spin. Money, 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 money. Big one. Shit. What is it? Me by Mitch. Ah, TV. TV. Ah. You should get double punishment for your potty mouth. (laughs) Balderdash. TV. (laughs) Hmm. You don't have one prepared to spin again? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, let's see. Do, 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 How do you not have do, one prepared, Mitch? Do, do, Come on. Because I'll do, do another do, research. Do, 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 All right, do, do, I'll, I'll give you mine. Do, 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 do. No, 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 no. It's his punishment. No, no. Oh, no oh I do remember. I had one space saved specifically for you. You said you had one Spanish. <laughs> one Spanish. What was it? I watched Lord of the Rings in Spanish. The Spanish version. <laughs> <laughs> Scroll through this. I had it saved down here. Alfredo. Frodo. <laughs> it's like, why is he smacking everybody? Just be like a Don Quixote, you know, Lord of the Rings conjunction. out by a windmill. Yeah. Waiting. What was the name of Don Quixote's horse? Mm-hmm. Rosinante. Okay. Oh, no, Do you know how I know that? Because you read the book? Well, I did a long time ago, but I forgot entirely. Oh, until here it is. That, here it is. The expanse. Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop. Yeah, Lamb Chop. I remember that show. Is it about lambs? Don't you guys remember Lamb Chop? I do, yes. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. This is a song that never ends. It goes on and on my face. Some people started singing not knowing what it was. But welcome to... Oh, of course I've got an ad. (laughs) Just to ever, just because this is a song that never ends. What's going on right there? It's a man with a bass guitar drawing a lamb. What are they undoing the lamb shop? 
Are they rapping? What is? I don't remember any of this. What is? Intro. Oh, ah, real people. Ah, <laughs> lamb puppet. Witchcraft. Sorcerer. This is your show. My goodness, Ran the nostalgia. Play along. <laughs> I remember that oh I was I was like four or five when this show was All right, so out. Yeah. I wasn't born yet. No. <laughs> what year did this craft come out? In a long time 90s. ago. It was like nineteen ninety one. Uh, Maybe the, the donkey guy. I remember the donkey. Oh, the guy. lamb got bigger. He's evolved. You <laughs> fool! This isn't even my final form. Whoa! I remember <laughs> the flying dog. Jeez. Just for you. The nostalgia <laughs> overfloweth. All right, cool. When okay. I looked up Zoobly Zoo, this came up as well. Oh, Zoob. I hate that movie. All right, well, we'll be excited to see Tom. Why do I keep getting punished? Tom's uh, exciting, uh, you know, review of that. I miss the old days when episode. I got when I didn't get punished. This was episode 53, correct? Yes. Yep. So next one will be 54, and, uh, yeah, we're looking forward to it. So. Bye. Goodbye from me, Hayden. Goodbye from Mitch. Bye, Mitch. Bye. Goodbye from Tom. Bye, Tom. I feel like people like hang on at the edge just like to hear us talking about crap. <laughs> it's like, are these like the after credits <laughs> spoilers? Next time on, on Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Z. On the next episode of Dragon's Ball Pain, Virginia asks the Mickey, now Kokuku and Christian Stewart must fight. I hope they don't hit each other too hard. Let's get it on!